You're listening to the Philly Soccer Pod. This week, the Union lose their first and six and face New York City FC on Saturday. Plus MLS Fantasy Tips and the weekend's best games. Let's go. Frustration in Salt Lake City. I'm Will McQuillan. Matthew with me today, as always. Joe, not here tonight. Uh, and the Union lost one nothing this week and looked tired. Matthew, what happened in this game? Not a lot. The Union had a couple uh, had a chance with Fafa Pico early. Good clearance off the line by Aaron Mond. But after that, the team never really got it going again in the offensive third. All right, let's take a closer look at this game. Um, coming out, you know, last couple games, Union have actually looked pretty strong, moving the ball well. Uh, but they kind of ceded a lot of possession to Salt Lake in this game. Uh, and in the 36th minute, Joao Plata scored off that uh, Jefferson Saverino assist, and the Union were down one nothing. Yeah, and the team, keep in mind, has played four games in two weeks, and there hasn't been a lot of rotation. There's some veterans on this team that maybe were a little bit tired going on the road in the altitude of Salt Lake. Yeah, I forgot to mention that um, Fafa Pico had a really nice chance earlier in the game uh, where the Union sort of broke through Salt Lake's back line, and uh, I think Nick Rondo came up with a nice save on a chip. Pico heads it towards the net, and Aaron Mond cleared it off the line, which really could have changed things. But after that, Salt Lake really started keeping the ball more and uh, took it to the Union in that first half. That's true, and I'd like to add that anytime the Union got the ball, Salt Lake seemed intent on hacking them down by any means necessary. Well, it is a Mike Pecky team. Uh, in the second half, I mean, pretty flat on the. I mean, on the game, the 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 play was uninspired and uh, plotting, and and Salt Lake uh, just wrote it out for a one nothing win. Yeah, even when the Union should have been getting desperate and playing some long balls into the box, RSL really kept the ball and kept driving out the Union instead of the other way around. All right, so what what went wrong? Why weren't the Union able to capitalize on the momentum they had going into the game? I, I didn't know what went right before, so I can't really tell you what went wrong this time. But um, the team just couldn't keep the ball. They weren't passing it half as well as, we see, as we've seen recently. Uh, Bedoyan and Nunyanin seem kind of disconnected from the defense, offensively and defensively. Yeah, and talk a little bit more about that. Like, In, in what way are they disconnected? Well, when Aguchi Onyewu or Jack Elliott had the ball and a little bit of time to pick out a pass, usually they had to go for a long ball because Bedoy and Madunian weren't checking back to get the ball and facilitate like they've been during this good run of form. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there, and that is probably the key to why the Union weren't successful in this game um, because they were playing so many long balls right to Salt Lake's back line. Um, then what they've been doing really well the last couple of weeks is getting the ball out wide, playing outside in, um, and getting goals off those crosses and, and taking guys on one-on-one, maybe the uh, the fullbacks or outside midfielders. Uh, but with Medunian and Medoya not facilitating, like you said, and, and not working the ball from inside, if they get it from Onyewu to the to the wings, um, you'll see you also not having an impact as much in this game. Uh, hurt them as well. Uh, really stymied the attack and uh, and didn't let them get going. Well, Senio really didn't get a lot of the ball, and when he did, he looked kind of flat. There were a couple of times when I thought he could have taken a shot or taken somebody on one-on-one, but instead he chose to turn and pass it backwards, which usually I'm all right with keeping possession, but when you have a player as dynamic as Elsino can be in the attacking third, there's a, you should just let him take the chance. One guy we haven't mentioned yet is Andre Blake, who had a really spectacular game in net. Um, it really easily could have been 3 or 4 nothing to RSL. Um, but beyond that, I you know nothing really stood out in this game. Uh, you can tell we're kind of 
stretching for things to talk about because there just wasn't a whole lot besides that goal from Plata, uh, which really carved the Union's defense apart. Not a lot of organization back there. I think one of the center backs lost their man. Uh, yeah, it kind of felt like a regression to the mean, to me at least, defensively. And I'm wondering if now it's time to start working Richie Marquez and Keegan Rosenberg, Keegan Rosenberry back into the lineup. I don't know about Marquez just because I feel like he doesn't bring much to the table that Elliott doesn't, besides maybe a little bit of speed, even though he's not that fast. But Rosenberry, I'm intrigued by. Why would you say that? Uh, I like him better when he has the ball. He's better at going forward. He's better at picking out a pass. And um, I, I also think he's a comparable defender to Gaddis. Yeah, I think that's fair. They really were hurting on that right side, bringing the ball up. Gaddis uh, just didn't quite have what it took on the night. What did Salt Lake do to capitalize on the Union's uh, weakness in this game? I didn't think they did anything special, to be honest. Um, they did a good job of giving it to their speedy players out wide, with which the Union's fullbacks just couldn't counter. And um, they stifled the Union when they were trying to build an attack. This week, the Union head up to Yankee Stadium to face New York City FC. Uh, Matthew, this seems like a pretty even matchup to me. I don't know about that now that the Union have lost again. Uh, NYC's got a lot of talent on their team, and they're really well coached by Patrick Vieira. I like Vieira a lot. Uh, And the Union, if they continue playing like they did in Salt Lake City, I'm not sure if they can come out with a result. Yeah, a couple World Cup qualifier call-ups in this game. The Union will be missing Alejandro Bedoya. And uh, NYCFC will not have Rodney Wallace or Ronald Matarita, although Matarita has been injured pretty recently. Uh, I'm realizing as I edit this that we didn't mention Harris Medunian will be with Bosnia and Herzegovina for a World Cup qualifier this weekend. Uh, so we won't be playing in that game against NYCFC. Uh, so, you know, two, uh, two attacking players missing from this game. Bedoya, is that really going to be much of a loss seeing as he didn't play so well in, uh, in RSL? I think it still is. He's the captain of the team. During the time when the Union were winning, he was playing really well. He was really the difference maker in a lot of those games. And I'm not sure the Union have that can step in and fill those shoes. Is Derek Jones back from U20 duty? He is not. The U20s have made it to the round of 16 or 32. U20s have progressed in that tournament either way. Um, yeah. So they won't have Jones. That means it's likely going to be Kerval playing in that role, right? Uh, yeah. What does he bring to the game that Bedoya doesn't? Uh, I think he'll let Madunian in push forward a little bit more. Craval is good at finding the ball and breaking up attacks. He's not as good as Bedoya at getting the ball and distributing. Uh, when you look at NYCFC, they do have a midweek game on Wednesday night at home against New England. Uh, but they weren't impressive this weekend when they played Atlanta. They, they gave up three goals in quick succession, I think, in like six or seven minutes. Uh, pretty early in the game, we could just never fight back. Uh, but when you look at them, their defense is really disorganized, I think. Uh, they're vulnerable from if the Union are going to attack outside in, which is something that I was saying they didn't do so well in Salt Lake City, but they have on the season. Uh, so if the Union can pressure their outside backs and maybe get balls in between the center backs and, and the fullbacks, uh, get them down in the corners there and, and take guys on, which is, again, something that happens a lot when you're playing in the formation the Union do, I think they might have a chance uh, to win this game. I agree, but it's going to be a challenge to get it out wide on that narrow Yankee Stadium field. Well, that's true. It does really compress things. Uh, on NYCFC, the three big difference makers, it seems to me, are Maxi Morales uh, and David Villa and uh, Alexander Ring. Uh, can you describe those guys and, and what they bring to the game? Uh, well, David Villa, I'm sure if you're listening to the podcast, you've seen David Villa play before. 
Uh, he's just one of the best strikers in the league, maybe the best. He's a professional. He always scores no matter what. He can always find the back of the net. Maxi Morales, he can pass really well. He's good at finding space in between the opposing team's defensive midfielders. He can turn. He can make a play. He's one of those guys. Alexander Ring's more of a defensive midfielder. He's brought in to take some of the pressure off Andrea Pirlo, but now that Pirlo's been relegated to a bench role, Ring has been freed up a little bit more to go forward. He's good at getting the ball and finding a simple pass, but his responsibilities are more of a two-way guy than an attacking guy. Yeah, I was really impressed by him when we saw him a couple weeks ago at Town Energy Stadium. Uh, just like a hard player. He makes some really smart tackles and uh, distributes the ball pretty well. Uh, the other guy that I want to talk about was Jack Harrison. Um, what's this? His, his second year in the league? Third year? Second. Second. Uh, and, you know, he's one of those guys who might float wide some, uh, which is something, again, the Union had trouble with both Rosenberry and Fabinho um, and Gaddis, too, if, if he plays. Um, and if he gets the ball, he's, he's pretty good coming in, uh, trying to, to weave through the defense and, and get a shot on goal. He is really good one-on-one, but another thing he's added to his game recently is being able to fake going, on, going one-on-one and then put in a cross early or a pass. Uh, defensively, how, how can the Union break NYCFC down? Like you said, it's going to be driving out those fullbacks. Ethan White, if you remember him from his Union days, he's not a great defender. And Ben Sweat will be their backup left back because Moderato will be with Costa Rica. So if the Union can capitalize on those guys being out there, then maybe they can get come up with some points. It's MLS fantasy time. Matthew's consistently in the top 5% of all MLS fantasy players, and right now he's going to give us some tips. We'll also discuss the best games from this coming weekend. All right, so there are a couple of double game weeks this week. Uh, one player I want to highlight from those games is Lee Nguyen. He's a goal or an assist in New England's last three games. He has a double game week, and he's been on fire recently. He's playing New York on Wednesday and Toronto on Saturday. All right. David Villa, another guy we've already talked about. New England's defense is kind of spotty, and the Union, I like the Union a lot, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to stop David Villa. Finally, Nemanja Nikolic. He has been on fire recently, no pun intended. Um... Chicago's been great in their past couple games, and Nikolic has been a big part of that. All right, let's get to the best games. Uh, Matthew, you go first. I want to watch the Orlando-Chicago game this week. Chicago's been awesome. As I said, Orlando is always fun to watch, especially at home in their new stadium. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, Mine is Portland-San Jose. Uh, Not a very exciting slate this week, uh, but I really... Like seeing San Jose and the California Clasico, they kept it competitive at least in that first half. And Portland, of course, has uh, so many playmakers in, in Adi and, and Valeri. Uh, and really, there's five or six guys on that field that can uh, make a play Nagby. And it uh, should be an exciting game. That's going to do it for this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher.com, and SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at PhillySoccerPod. I'm at Will McQuillan, and Matthew's at Matt underscore McQuill. Comments, questions, or reactions can be tweeted at us there or emailed to us at phillysoccerpod at gmail.com. Ratings and comments on iTunes and Stitcher are essential for getting a show like ours publicity, so please be sure to tell your friends and leave those reviews. It's very quick. For Matthew, I'm Will McQuillan. We'll see you next week.